I mean, we talk about it at NAMRA. Is it about our castle or is it about the kingdom? Is it about my physical location and our congregation here growing as large as it can be? Or is it about making disciples and following the Lord's activity? And so, you know, Dean uses a phrase that I love, and that is we're, we're not trying to get ahead of the Lord's activity, and we're also not trying to lag behind the Lord's activity. So, you know, we didn't have some sort of master plan for, you know, we're going to plant this many campuses in this many years, and, and, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying we're basically saying, hey, it seems like the Lord is doing this. It seems like planting churches is a part of what facilitates reaching people and making disciples. And so we're recognized that, man, there are a bunch of towns around us that that God may call us to go to and to plant. And we want to be open to that and say, Lord, as I have people on staff, I'm not looking at them saying, hey, I'm trying to hire you in to keep you here forever. I'm saying, you know, we're hiring you in with the, I mean, with the real possibility and sometimes even expectation that you may be sent somewhere else someday for the sake of the kingdom. You're listening to the Send Columbus podcast, a conversation for developing strategies and sharing stories as we plant churches everywhere for everyone. Your hosts are Send City missionary Chad Grigsby and church planting catalyst Jason Phillips. Welcome back to the Sin Columbus podcast. I am here with Jason Phillips. I am Chad Grigsby. Jason, good to be with you today. Good to be with you too. How's it going? Going well. Going well. Always good to do a podcast with you, my friend. Oh, it, always, it is always good. And it's especially good because of our guest today. I we have like. a really amazing guest. Uh, not well, only... Decent. What's that? Decent. Decent. <laughs> Say's middle of the road yeah, guest. Really. Uh, <laughs> a guy who's not only uh, a fantastic church planter, a great pastor, but a good buddy of ours, a friend, fellow team member at LifePoint, Kale Brewer. Kale Brewer. Yeah. Hey, guys. Welcome. Thank you very much. It's a privilege to be with you guys today. <laughs> <laughs> Thank We're you. excited to have you. Thank you for that introduction, right? I, I feel prepared now. Fans are not allowed at sporting events, but yeah. evidently they're allowed at our podcast. We have a large audience cheering you on. So. That's fantastic. Those, uh, cardboard cutouts aren't real fans. <laughs> right. It's uh, fantastic. Kel, we're, we're really thankful that you're here because one of the biggest values uh, for Send Network is not only family restoration, but it's multiplication. And so we're trying to um, kind of ask a lot of questions in Columbus, like, and how do we help more churches become multiplying churches? You know, one of the things that we talk about all the time is every church is a multiplying church in the making, but not everybody's kind of living into that or stepping into that. So I think our conversation today could be a great help in a lot of church plans taking the next step toward multiplication. And you, you have a lot of experience with that primarily. Yeah because of your relationship with LifePoint and uh, yeah. LifePoint is one church, uh, four locations, now one church, three locations. So there's been a lot of multiplication. And so talk a little bit about your experience just in being a part of LifePoint and, and around multiplication. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably the best I can do is just share that experience. So I, I came to LifePoint when I was uh, 20. I was a junior in college at Ohio Wesleyan uh, University, uh, despite its name, not um, not a traditional Christian school in a sense. And so uh, Adam Purcell 
um, was the college and youth pastor at LifePoint at the time. LifePoint really only had, at that point in time, one campus, was meeting in Delaware, was just about to make the shift to physically moving down to Lewis Center. But his job really was to be a missionary on campus. I think that says a lot to begin with, is that LifePoint had a full-time position that was dedicated to uh, middle school, high school, college, so not just you know youth pastoring, but also, I mean, half of his time was dedicated towards going onto the campus and trying to reach college students. And so uh, when I came back as a junior and, and God was doing some uh, really overhauling in my life, I said, first thing I came back, I said, I need to find a church. So I started coming to LifePoint. Adam made it a point to intentionally disciple me. He took me out to lunch on a regular basis, me and, and one other guy. And when I got to a point in my life that year of saying, Lord, what is it you want me to do with my life? I'm, you know, I'm 20 years old. I don't know what I want to do with my life. The next day, Adam invited me to uh, take an internship with LifePoint. And that was in the context of you know, what, what's happening in my scripture reading and prayer circumstances, um, Adam's investment in my life. And so I felt at that point that God said, man, work with, work with LifePoint, uh, work with Adam Purcell. And so when I graduated, I didn't know all this was happening in the background, but Adam had felt called to plant a church. And so he kind of came to uh, LifePoint's leadership with that. So man, I think I feel called to plant a church. And they said, man, we, we feel like we're maybe called to do this multiplication thing with, within the campus structure. What if we did that together? And so uh, Adam came to me uh, that spring, summer and said, hey, man, you know, you're graduating. And uh, how would you like to move with my family and me? Uh, to Mount Vernon to plant this church, you know, slash campus of LifePoint. So I said, man, that sounds awesome. He said, I will pay you next to nothing and you can live in my parents' basement. And I said, that sounds great. So college degree in hand, um, moved up with his folks and lived in the basement of their home. And, and we planted the Mount Vernon campus. And it was extraordinary to see what God, you know, what God did there. But all along the way, I mean, from day one, before day one, Adam would say things to me like, hey, man, when you're doing this someday, remember X, Y. So, so as he was learning, he was then teaching me in the same moment, right? I mean, he would learn something. He'd say, hey, man, when you're doing this someday. And, and so it was a very intentional, um, organic. I mean, we didn't have a name for it. We didn't have, um, you know, it wasn't called a residency or anything like that. It, it was just, he had me as the college and youth pastor, but he was always thinking, I don't anticipate you being here forever. Um, yeah. So when you're doing this someday. So eventually, uh, three years later, Dean kind of called me in and said, hey, man, we feel ready and called to take this next step with another campus. We feel like you're ready. What do you think? And, and you know, of course, I'd been thinking about that. And so I started praying about it and came back to Delaware and drove around Delaware. That's where we were talking about because of uh, LifePoint's location. Strategically, we felt like that was a good fit. And also because of my relationship with Delaware from being here at Ohio Wesleyan. So I came back, prayed about it, and we started taking steps towards it. And Morgan and I moved back here and, and uh, we had a bunch of folks come from our Lewis Center campus who lived in Delaware who said, we will be a part of this. And we launched then in 2016. And, uh, it has been, again, extraordinary just to see what God has done right over the last yeah. seven, eight years. Yeah, it's it's cool. I what I hear you saying is that multiplication has its roots in really discipleship. I mean, because yeah. you you kind of went from college student to intern to but it was really a discipleship process. Mm -hmm. So discipleship is what I heard and then relationship. Yes. So multiplication has to be about connecting with other people. It's funny too because I think when Adam came to LifePoint Lewis Center or LifePoint 
before it was, you know, multiple locations. Says, yeah. yeah. He, uh, I think he was given the same offer you were. Hey, come work for us for next to nothing. I don't think he got to live in a basement. <laughs> hey, man, would you like to work full time? And we'll, we'll uh, you know, and, and again, it, that's just, I think what you said, though, about discipleship and relationship hits the nail on the head as far as, and it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean programs are bad or anything like that. It's just, we, we did not have any of that. I mean, we, we did not have a programmatic approach to this. We didn't have any sort of, it was very much rooted in, relationship, lunch, coffee. Hey man, we feel like God's calling us to do, do this thing. Do you want to be a part of it? And that person is saying, I feel called to be a part of this. So I'm stepping into it. And that's why you, you know, take a job, you know, where you're saying, man, I'm making next to nothing or I'm living in someone's basement. Cause you say, man, it's not about those things. Yeah. It's about like being obedient to the Lord and, and being a part of what he's called us to do. So um, I think that's a great way of describing that. Yeah, so you uh, were kind of the one that was discipled into planting, and now you've kind of discipled somebody into planting. And so you've kind of moved from the planter role into a sending church role yeah. uh, with Paul Pretty. And so can you tell us a little bit about that story and how that multiplication kind of came about? Yeah, very, very similar in a lot of ways. And it's been fun, man. So someday, I'm sure you guys will, you know, have Paul on here. His story, he and Maddie's story is worth a podcast or two unto itself. But when we planted in 2016, when we launched, you know, this campus in 2016, they started coming. I think they were there the first Sunday. And, you know, Paul said, man, to be honest, when I got there, it was like, the dude, I'm, you know, up on stage is like 12 years old. He thought it was kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, I, I thought you not were like, far off. <laughs> yeah, not too far off. Right. He's like, you, you were like, you were really young and I didn't, I didn't know about this, but is this youth Sunday? Like yeah. Youth <laughs> the yeah. first Sunday this is too. Neat. This the, is youth weird. Uh, the youth intern gets to preach the first Sunday. That's neat. Um, so they started coming and it, it's so man, their life, they had gone to Ohio Wesley and they were a few years behind me. I think grew up in homes where like, uh, you know, would they have said, yeah, we're Christians? Yes. But were they following? No. Got to college, um, living a lifestyle that both of them knew, hey, we're, you know, relationally, romantically that they knew was wrong. So they started coming to LifePoint and God was just doing work already in their life. Morgan and I met them pretty early on, invited them to go out to dinner, went out to dinner and eventually they ended up in our life group. And just as we got to know them, as God was working in their life, they ended up actually moving up their wedding. They were living together at the time. They stopped living together, moved their wedding up from 10 months to seven weeks so they could just be right before the Lord. Um, got married, started pursuing Christ passionately. I mean, just mm -hmm. taking step after step after step. And so eventually what happened was I invited, you know, he and uh, Maddie, I think both he and Maddie were there. Uh, we had had a college night. We were having a college night at, at our home, at Morgan and I's home. And I, I'm always just trying to keep an eye out for, okay, who, who does God seem to be working in and through? You know, as far as leaders, I'd invited a bunch of kind of leaders just to help out. And at the end of the night, Paul came back. I said, hey, did anyone just get people's numbers or names? And he said, yeah, I got five. And so he had like wow. literally people he had never met before. He's got five college dudes names and numbers in his phone. It's like, I, I'm going to reach out to these guys after tonight. So I, I mean, I remember that pretty vividly. And I just remember thinking, okay, like this is, <laughs> this seems to be significant here that God, you know, is using this guy in this way, has given him such a passion and seemingly gift for this. And from there it went to giving some leadership responsibility, giving some more leadership responsibility. And then eventually he came on staff with an eerily similar offer, right? Hey man, you want to 
you know, come on staff and have a bunch of responsibilities and make it. <laughs> so, uh, here's, here's our, yeah. And so he, I mean, he was thrilled about it, did part-time for a while, did a fantastic job and then has stepped into full-time, but in stepping into full-time, he's our college and youth pastor. He's done a great job, but also we started praying pretty early on. And I think thinking and talking about that same way that Adam was, you know, doing with me, Hey man, do you maybe sense that you're called to do this? And the answer was, I think, yes. So we began to pray about where, and we, we've talked about Marion, you know, about 25 minutes north of us. And when we started to pray about that, I'm not kidding, guys, it, it has been a verified, I mean, like a veritable flood of people coming from Marion. The joke now is that every other guest that we meet at LifePoint, we're like, where are you from? They're like, we're coming from Marion. And, and I, just, I just laugh and Paul laughs. His life group, he looked around one day and realized they, they talked about this and half of his life group, the week after we started praying this was like, you know where LifePoint needs to plant? Marion. And all of them were like, yes. And Paul and Maddie looked at each other like, is this really happening right now? And so, and so we just feel like we've had confirmation after confirmation as we began to pray and ask the Lord about, about where. So, Kale, to me, it's amazing because, you know, Adam started with you and his words to you were, well, when you're doing this one day. You know, yeah. and I'm sure you were like, ha, 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 maybe at first, I don't know. Yeah. And then Paul, you, you start to do the same thing to him. <laughs> it's almost like, it's almost like multiplication hazing, you know, <laughs> you know, like church, you know, but, but, and then even the people in the life group sitting around going, wait, you know where life point needs a plant. It's like, so tell me, where's this like DNA, this like automatic, who's the next guy up? Where's the next community? Where does that come from? This like, we just multiply, it's who we are kind of deal. Yeah. I mean, I hope the answer is the gospel, right? Like it comes from the gospel. It comes yeah. from a, a commitment to, hey, we are called to make disciples. And um, I think that Dean, you know, Troy, Shane, the guys who, you know, who God called, they, those guys and their wives, their families who planted at the beginning. I mean, they, they modeled this, right? So when it came time to plant, um, they didn't say, gosh, Adam's one of our best and I just don't want to lose him, you know, here and in this location. It was like, well, <laughs> we're going to send him, right? And we're going to send resources with them and, um, and people with them. And then again, when it happened here in Delaware and in Westerville, I mean, you know, our Lewis Center campus sent probably nearly 500 people between those two campuses, 400 people, right? And that's, you know, you can argue, of course, oh, well, that's still LifePoint, but it's at the same time, it's like, man, those people are no longer worshiping and gathering in the same location. And that, you know, according to our church metrics sort of thing can feel like a loss in the sense that you come in that next Sunday and there's 200 less people there. And so I think that keeping that focus on, Hey, I mean, we talk about it at NAMRA. Is it about our castle or is it about the kingdom? Is it about my physical location and our congregation here growing as large as it can be? Or is it about making disciples and following the Lord's activity. And so, you know, Dean uses a phrase that I love, and that is we're, we're not trying to get ahead of the Lord's activity, and we're also not trying to lag behind the Lord's activity. So, you know, we didn't have some sort of master plan for, you know, we're going to plant this many campuses in this many years. And, and, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying we're basically saying, hey, it seems like the Lord is doing this. It seems like planting churches is a part of what facilitates reaching people and making disciples. And so we're recognized that, man, there are a bunch of towns around us that, that God may call us to go to and to plant. And we want to be open to that and say, Lord, as I have people on staff, 
I'm not looking at them saying, hey, I'm trying to hire you in to keep you here forever. I'm saying, I mean, we're hiring you in with the, I mean, with the real possibility and sometimes even expectation that you may be sent somewhere else someday for the sake of the kingdom. And I think that's a DNA thing and, and a what you've seen modeled to you thing. And, and also, again, just I think when you look in scripture, right? I mean, you see people, they don't all get to stay in Jerusalem, right? God <laughs> sends them out, right? And so that's just, yeah. that's, the, that's the part of what we see. It's an enormous part of what we see, I think, in scripture. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's not just with church planting, but I, I always make a joke. Don't become friends with Jason because you'll probably leave the church and go do something extraordinary <laughs> afterwards because <laughs> it felt like all of my friends went on to become missionaries. Yeah. Like we've sent out so many yeah. missionaries from LifePoint in a similar way because we care about the multiplication of believers around the world. And so um, kind of in the same vein, what, what would be some advice that you would give a church planner who is hoping to make multiplication of value in their church? Man, I think as you ask that question, as we're processing, I, I want people to hear, hey, this is not about life point. This isn't about, hey, look at our, you know, our model or this. I, like God is a good God. He is a faithful God. And he's a God of mission. And he sends people out. So I guess in a sense, ask the question and be aware that God wants to do that. And it may not look the same, right? But as you as you go into, hey, I'm leading a church, or God has called me to pastor this church, um, dig into the word, talk with others that you see doing this, and you're going to hear that people are doing it differently. Some people have more of a thought-out strategic approach, some people a little bit more organic. But I think at least asking the question from the beginning is a big deal as far as, hey, might God want to use our church to raise up people that he's then going to send out elsewhere. Like that should be an operating question, I think, from the very beginning that, hey, the goal is not, and I don't, I don't know that this is the case for everyone, but maybe somewhere along the way, we got to thinking that, you know, the goal is to grow this location as large as possible, right? That's our vision for the future is, can we acquire land and a building and blah, 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 blah. And I would say, guys, let's, let's, uh, make the scorecard what we what we see in the scriptures. It's faithfulness and obedience to what Jesus has called us to do uh, to fulfill the Great Commission. And man, if God you know grows that location, Lord, that's that's great. But you should be, I think, looking at the folks in your church, saying the Lord has plans in your life. Like He's going to raise up people from within our midst, and maybe bring people from from without as well. And we'll have the privilege of sending them out into the mission field or to the that may be to the neighboring town, right? So rather than thinking about, maybe that's just a paradigm shift for some folks, right? Rather than thinking about that town 20 minutes away saying, I wonder how many of those folks we can get to come over here. It's like, why don't you think about how many of those folks could you reach and what would be the most effective way of doing that? Maybe if you end up finding you have 75 people coming from your neighboring town, see that as God's activity and maybe an invitation to say, Lord, do you want us, do you want us to plant there? Do you want us to, to move into this neighborhood? Because you seem to be bringing a lot of people from that area. I'm just, you know, I'm a big proponent of worshiping where you live. Because I think when you think about living missionally and inviting people, it's just easier to invite someone and say, hey, would you want to come with me five minutes down the road rather than, you know, driving 25 minutes away? Yeah. So good, Kale. Um, you know, I, I love the idea of thinking about multiplication, even just from a effectiveness standpoint. You know, it's it's obviously birthed out of the gospel, like you said. It's obviously very strategic, but 
I mean, I remember when I first arrived at LifePoint almost two years ago and seeing kind of the numbers on Sunday between Lewis Center and the other campuses, there were as many people, if not more, at the other campuses than there were at Lewis Center. Mm-hmm. I guess what that tells me is, and you, I think Kevin Ezell said it in the podcast we had him on, you can't reach the whole city from one location. Yeah. And so to think that LifePoint literally has doubled its reach, doubled who it can impact, is because of multiplication, right? Because yeah. there's just as many people not at Lewis Center as there are at Lewis Center. Right. It shows you that's the power of multiplication. And I, I don't know, something happens in, in a lot of church plants. You might be able to speak to this. Where they're so passionate about church planting. Church planters are so passionate about planting their church and they love church planting. And then they plant their church and like the passion dies to mm. plant. It's like, mm. it's like the mission was to plant my church, you know, and mm. I don't know. Can you speak to that at all? Like, how do we get beyond this? Once my church is planted, the mission isn't accomplished. Yeah. I, I, so I, I had this thought the other day, you saying that I, I had the thought about, man, sometimes the, even the focus within our church plant sometimes shifts as far as at the beginning, you're all about reaching people and then you get established and you're like, well, now it's about keeping people instead of reaching. <laughs> and you're like, wait a second, how did that happen? You know? And so uh, I think that's looking at our own souls and asking the question, hey, what did I set out to do in the first place? Like, Lord, did I set out to say, I want to be faithful to what God has called us to do, which is make disciples, which includes both like looking at the people that God has given you and saying, man, we, we need to shepherd these people and help them grow. But part of what we're helping them grow toward is looking outside and saying, man, we need to reach others with the gospel. And so I think that, you know, if you get to that place where you say, I was so passionate about church planting, but then as soon as I got my church planted, I just kind of, well, then it's like, well, then maybe it wasn't so much passionate about church planting as much as it was, you know, the thing that you were trying to accomplish. And so I think we have to ask those tough questions of ourselves to say, Lord, what did I set out to do here in the first place? Um, And then I'll just say a lot to man, credit to, again, this is about the Lord. It's not about us. And having said that, I think Dean's example of doing what I believe is is Christ-like, right, from the Lord, Dean and Troy and Shane and these guys saying, hey, you know, we grew to a certain size, and and Dean could have said, man, I, you know, we, we just want to keep growing bigger, right? And we want to see how many people we can get here. But instead saying, we're going to give people away to go plant elsewhere. And, you know, our Mount Vernon campus at this point in time has stepped out into autonomy, right? I mean, they're not a campus of LifePoint. They're a part of our family of churches, but it's its own, you know, church. And um, giving that leadership away, letting other people teach and lead, it has become normative now. Like, that's not strange, right? As far as, okay, if I'm here and I see Paul and I see God working in his life and in he and Maddie's life, and there are people coming from Marion. In some ways, I mean, be like kind of hypocritical at me of me at this point in time, right? To say like, well, gosh, I don't want us to send, you know, I don't want us to lose our Marion people and send one of our best, you know, away. Like, far be it from me. You know, I mean, I, I and I have to deal with those sinful temptations, right? Of man, that's going to be dollars and resources and people and some of our best. I still have to deal with that. But I do think that becomes easier because I've seen that done now. Like that's not the exception in our in our church, that that should be normal. And so I think that, you know, to folks who maybe are wrestling with that, just to remind them, man, this isn't just about you, but also the guys who come after you, right? I mean, someone has to take that first step to say, 
this is going to be normal for us that when we get to um, as we plant we are planting with the the intention that that and the expectation a humble expectation that god may raise up others who will then be sent out from our midst um, and may take people <laughs> from our location and their resources you know and their gifting and give that away to others um, so i think you know I don't know that that necessarily answers the question, but at least maybe addresses addresses it to some extent. No, I definitely think it answers the question. I think that's a great word and a great way to wrap up. And so we're super grateful for you, Kale, and uh, the way you serve on our city team and the way you've raised up Paul. We we like him. He's pretty cool. (laughs) So we're excited for him as well as he kind of makes that next step into Marion. So thanks again for joining us on the podcast and we will talk to you soon. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Thanks for checking out today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And remember, every church is a multiplying church in the making.